On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host the Director of Athletic Grounds and Turf Management at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Mr. Casey Carrick. What an honor it was to have Casey on. Uh, he is truly an, an incredible person who has had a phenomenal career and has become a true industry leader in the sports surf industry. Uh, it was awesome to be able to reconnect with him after uh, receiving the uh, award of Sports Surf Manager's Field of the Year for football back in 2018. Him at the collegiate level, uh, our students at the Parks and Rec level. Um, it truly was awesome to talk about all the different stories behind what it takes to create a crew where you have such a, a huge family uh, when it comes to his crew at uh, Chapel Hill, extending further and beyond just the crew, but the student athletes and administration and all that. Um, and it was awesome just to discuss everything college athletics, you know, including uh, the new and upcoming thing that a lot of people aren't aware of with the NITs and the money that students can make whether that's commercials on campus, on their facilities, or anything along those lines. Um, it's a whole new aspect of the job that we t- discuss. And another big thing that we talked about was this project back when they did win National Field of the Year, um, of when he converted his stadium field into a practice field, back into a stadium field about seven times over a two-year span. Uh, which is one of the largest projects I believe our industry has seen and it truly is incredible to see and hear about all the different aspects that go into that you know uh, the dedication the time the energy of the crew um, and again just being there every single time you know it's it's hard work and it takes time and Casey uh, was that leader that was able to guide his crew members and his family down the path of success Um and it truly was an inspiration to a lot of people in our industry. Um, and again, we can't thank Casey enough. Uh, we discuss other aspects and how his old paint schemes and whatnot were an inspiration to my kids and truly was an inspiration for when our students won uh, the Stars and Stripe competition back in 2019. Um, it was very similar to his design, if not almost the same thing. And we truly... Uh, take from sports trainers all across the country but Casey and his crew have had such incredible work that our students are always fascinated with and truly an inspiration so we can't thank him enough for everything that he does and we are so glad we got him on and um, we hope that he has a fantastic rest of his fall Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Tiger Turf Talk Good afternoon and welcome to the 53rd episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller. Uh, today we have on an incredible guest. We have the Director of Athletic Grounds and Turf Management, Mr. Casey Carrick. I messed it up. If you couldn't tell, I told you I would. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, Drew. I appreciate you having me on. Of and I course. That sounded great. Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, like I said before, I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. Uh, we actually met because we actually shared the honor of receiving National Field of the Year for football. I think it was 2018. I could be wrong. But at the same time, uh, and I remember one of the big things that I remember most about meeting with you was your crew and the guys that were with you. You know, you guys seem like such a great tight knit group, a real big family. And I just wanted to ask you sort of how you built that in Chapel Hill over the time you've been there. 
with the guys that were there and hopefully are still there or if they've gone to be more successful? What is it that you've been doing to sort of build that family there in Chapel Hill? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I don't know that I can take the credit for that. We, we've been fortunate to, um, to hire some really good, really good people over the last couple of years. Um, and not just the last couple of years, but the last 10 years since I've been there. Um, you know, we, we've uh, been fortunate to, to get guys that, that want to work with us and, and stay working with us, um, you know, and, and every once in a while you'll have a, a person move on to a, a, a different job or, a, you know, a, a career move that's um, uh, step up or even something else. But for the most part, we've, we've had the same um, core group of guys for 10 years or, or more now, um, you know, and for the most part, we're around the same age. Um, we enjoy the same thing. So, you know, not just being at work together, but um, we like to, we like to do stuff together outside of work. And I think that makes us a pretty close knit group. That's awesome. That's a, a lot of college uh, athletic grounds crews are like that. I've seen throughout the country. And in my experience down at Virginia tech, you know, a lot of people do that. And I think that's awesome. Um with that, how what who's making up your uh, crew? Who's doing what? How has it been sort of developing a plan? I know uh, right now Virginia Tech's going through a shift with hiring a new person for a different position and whatnot. But who makes up your crew, and how have you sort of uh, delegated the the different duties based on either sports or venues or whatever uh, that works for you at UNC? Yeah, so we've got you know on the staff that I that I oversee, we've got eleven guys um, th- that work that maintain the the thirty plus acres of athletic field that we maintain um, and some of the common areas around the facilities. Um, my assistant AJ Kinjelly's been been at Carolina with me now for, for um, almost nine years, so you know he's he's I would put him up against anybody in the country as is just as good as he is at, at what he knows and you know how he manages our crew. Um, when I'm not around or, or just anything I need from him. Um, so he's kind of my right hand man and, and, and helps me with everything. Um, you know, and then we've got other guys that have, that are set up to where they oversee a facility. Um, you know, we've got a couple of guys that one guy that oversees our baseball facility and a couple of guys work with him. Um, we've got a guy that oversees our, our lacrosse soccer field. Um, we've got a, a, a guy that oversees softball and then our, and our, practice facility um you know off campus a little bit and then we've got some guys that that float around and, and help out where needed um but you know the the crew I, yeah everybody there's a lot of respect for everybody on the crew um between the crew um they don't mind helping out some days we might have four or five guys at softball doing a project and the next day or that afternoon they might be at our our football practice facility doing a project um you know so they work together uh it's one one really big crew and it, it's cool it's really cool Definitely. And it sounds awesome. Again, helping out each other is huge, especially when you have such a large scale complex. You know, I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that division one complexes are nothing to laugh about. You know, you said 30 acres. That's insane. You know, and that's not including all the facilities around it and the stadiums that are included in that. So uh, I think that's definitely really cool. Um, with all of that, what is it that you're focusing on uh, when it comes to your management style? Again, you have so many different facilities with 11 guys, and you're talking about, again, you're helping out with other groups and whatnot. What are you focusing on to ensure that you're getting the job done 
uh, whether that's budgetary, whether that's division of labor, whether that's uh, sort of where things are needed at a certain time. Uh, obviously, you went through that huge project, which we're going to get into later on because I think it's still the coolest thing to happen in sports turf in decades. So um, what is it that you're focusing on and how do you make those decisions sort of on the fly based off of what your annual plan usually is for any given year? You know, it varies from sport to sport. Um, you know, we try to sit down and look at the schedule. Um, you know, I'll use baseball, for example. We look at the schedule for the fall and we try to plan out what what we might do. Um, you know, we try to plan that out as a group so that we all know what's going on. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to it, – it's, it's hard um, to maintain that that many acres and facilities and not be able to, to trust the guys doing it. So, you know, that's the one thing that I, I think I still – try to I'm trying to work on is let you know let those guys do their thing you know let's make a plan and then let them execute it um and and I know that the people we have on our staff I could do that and walk away and I know that it's going to get done um you know we 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 do plan a lot we sit down and we plan we we're going to try to overseed on you know on this break or you know for our soccer field we've got we got a break for these games um but then it, it always it doesn't always play out like that the weather the weather may dictate something or we may have a makeup game or you know, this or that, or, um, so we, we're all, we've always got to be pretty flexible. Um, we, we do a really good job of planning our weeks out. Um, you know, but there's something, I don't think there's ever a week that goes by where everything goes as planned. So <laughs> it's like that with every, every sports serve manager and every venue across the country. But, um, when you're dealing with, you know, nine different venues and the amount of acres that we have, um, you've got to be really flexible in your plans even when they don't go your way definitely uh and especially in college athletics i i mean i can't say enough having all of those different venues and all those different events going on on top of like again when people talk about like major league baseball these concerts or whatnot events are a daily thing in college athletics you know it's all about bringing in that next recruit bringing in the next money or dollar bill whatever it is and you guys are always the one I remember ours was always the press conferences at Tech. They would put a press conference up in the locker room. They want a press conference on the field. I'm like, wait, we have a media center for this. No, nope, no, nope, we're not going to use that. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, one of, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say one of the big things that that we preach um, that, that comes down from the top, um, you know, is is being recruiting ready at all times because with college athletics, you know, a recruit can come on campus. Um, anytime uh, for the most part on an unofficial visit. And you want that when, when a recruit shows up with their parents, whether it's an official visit or unofficial visit, you want to, you want your facilities to look nice. You want them to be clean. You want the fields to look good. You want to, you want to show off. And, uh, you know, that can be 365 days a year. So that's, that's uh, a challenge for us is to, to keep everything. Um, I'm going to say, try to say perfect year round. Um, there's really no off season anymore. And that's what it's and now I'm sure even more with the uh, players being able to make money, you know, you guys are probably going to get inundated with stuff where like, hey, they need to use the field for this and it needs to be painted perfectly and whatnot. And it's like, uh, whoa, OK, <laughs> calm down. It's uh, uh, December 1st and there's no uh, <laughs> growing degree days here. We can't really grow grass right now. It's kind of cold, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we just had our first example of that where um, our indoor facility was booked from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, this week for a, a video shoot, you know, and it kind of not that we had to do a lot in there that day, but it took it offline for us. So I think, you know, as the, the NIL and the, 
the things grow, I think we're going to see more of that. And, and again, we'll, we'll be the ones to, to figure out how to work around it. Do you see it having any other big impact on what you're doing? You know, um, I, with the baseball, say a baseball video or a baseball event or someone's hosting some big company because now they're signing with them. Do you see it impacting anything else? Like when it comes to what your job is as a whole? You know, I think we're trying to figure it out as we go. Honestly, um, we, we haven't had the request for, you know, something on a field yet where it's put us in a, in a situation that, that causes the issue for either the, the student athlete doing the, the video or photo shoot or, or puts us in a bond, you know, getting it ready. Um, but I think, you know, that might come. Um, we do have a process. Our administration's done a really good job of making a process um, that a, a student athlete would have to go through to, to book a field. And we do have a say in if, if it's available or, you know, if we're doing something to it. So, like I said, we haven't gotten that far yet, but we will. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out as we go. Absolutely. And best of luck with that, because I can't even imagine what's going to happen when kids are driving in Lambos around campus and whatnot. Like, oh, this is normal now, you know, <laughs> we need we know what we need. We need groundskeepers to be able to have the same opportunity, people. OK, what's that commercial? It was the State Farm where the guy drives the chalker around the field. Hey, get a real groundskeeper for that one. You know, come on. Yeah, we need to we need to make some money off this, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, you sort of talked about it a little bit already. And when I was at tech, I was lucky enough to meet and work with some of the higher ups when it comes to, again, sort of the chain of command, uh, whether it's the actual head athletic director versus the ones below with their certain sports and just meeting their standards based on the events that are going on expectations when it comes to like making sure you play a game, even though literally there's a hurricane going on. And I have a question about that later on stuff like that. What has it been like for you at UNC working with those people? Um, and how has that relationship sort of built over time since you started there at Chapel Hill? Yeah. So I think, you know, I've, I've been at UNC now for, um, this is my 12th year. So it's, it's, they're starting to add up. Um, and I think, I've gained the trust and respect of, of our administration all the way up to our athletic director. Um, so I have no, no problem having conversations with him about the fields. Um, you know, that's the, there's a good family culture within our athletic department um, that, that I don't feel like anybody's off limits to talk to, you know, um, I could, I, I don't do it, but I feel like I could call him up this afternoon. And if I had a question about something, you know, so, um, and he would be responsive and, 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 and talk with me about it. But I, I think we, as a, as a group have gained the trust of our administration and they see the work or they see the, the results we're putting on the field. They see us putting in the work to, to make our fields, um, you know, what they are for our student athletes. Um, so when we go to them with a, with a request or, um, you know, with an issue, um, it's not, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. They, they really, they listen to us. So, you know, if I need a piece of equipment and I can explain why they do a really good job of getting us the things we need and the resources. So, um, but that just, I think that just goes back to a lot of communication and trust that's built up over, you know, over the last 10 or 10 or 12 years. So. Absolutely. And it's definitely how things work well at a university level. You know, if there's no communication then there's going to be that lack of, understanding and expectation so it's definitely important that's awesome that you have it there um i want to sort of shift towards you 
Um, something that has been really big as of late when it comes to the sports turf industry and as a whole is understanding how to like sort of gain interest from people who are not visible in the industry or understand that we are even an industry. What was it that brought you to sports turf? And what was it? What was sort of your story that created that again, path towards working at UNC and having a job for this long in such a great industry? So, you know, like a lot of turf, I was a, um, I was a turf student at NC state. Uh, my sophomore year, I changed my major to turf after working at a golf course for a summer, you know, and I feel like a lot of people in our turf industry uh, got their start in golf. Um, there's just so many golf courses and jobs open out there that, uh, you know, so I got my, I got my starting golf. I did it for two years and I, I really loved it. I love being outside, love mowing, love doing things like that, but I'm not much of a golfer. So I, I felt like I would get the course ready and I'd go home, you know, and that was fine. But the summer of 2005, I decided to stay in Raleigh um, that summer and I needed a, a new job. Um, and I went over to Carter Finley Stadium um, at NC State and I had this big, I had my, I think I had like a, a resume, didn't have much on it, but I had this big spiel that I was going to give whoever I could run into to convince them to give me a summer job. And um, I'll never forget, I ran into Ray Brentsfield, who's a assistant athletic director at NC State. He's still there. And I got ready to give the spiel. And he said, if you want a summer job, come back tomorrow. You're hired. That was it. And I was like, man, I've thought about this for a while. And that was it. And come to find out, Ray was, I, I think he had a kidney stone and he just didn't feel like talking. And, and it was, that was my Ooh. start, you know? Yeah. So it was, but Ray and I, Ray got me into, he got me into the sports turf world, um, you know, and, and Ray and I are, are, just, are really close friends to this day. Um, and I, so that got me into sports turf. And then I realized this is, this is my passion. This is where I want to be. Um, I played baseball and soccer in high school. So getting to work on a baseball field or a soccer field, I knew a lot more about that than I did on the golf side of it when I was working there. Um, so it didn't take me long to realize this is where I want to be. Um, and I just love college, college athletics in general. Um, you know, there's, I think there's times in my career where I really wanted to, you know, go to major league baseball or go work in the NFL or, or anything like that. But, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been in college athletics for 17 years now, um, or 16 years now, but, and that's kind of, that's where I see myself. Um, you know, I had the opportunity in 2010 to move over to UNC. Um, you know, it was, it was a step up for me, uh, more, uh, more decision-making, more responsibility. Um, and looking back, it was, a, it was a really good move. Kevin Robinson, um, who hired me, um, I, I can't give him enough credit for, for, you know, he really just threw me out there and let me do my thing. Um, sometimes I wonder how those first couple of years, how we kept the fields alive, because looking back, I don't think I knew what I was doing at all, but you know, we figured it out somehow. So, um, I but yeah, that's, that's like kinda, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I look back at pictures that I, I took from 2010 or 11 that I thought at the time was, man, the field looked great. Now I look at it. I'm like, what were we doing? You know? <laughs> so, um, but you know, I know everybody's got a different story. That's, that's kind of my story. I, I lucked into a couple things, um, you know, just by being at the right place at the right time. Um, but, but I think I, I've also, um, I, I hope that I've worked hard enough to, to prove myself and, and stayed in this position for a while now. That's a great story. I love that. <laughs> the kidney stone. I had a kidney stone once. Nope. Worst pain ever. I actually was in the hospital, like screaming in the waiting room. They literally moved me along ahead of everybody. Cause I was screaming. I couldn't stop screaming. And then the yeah, nurse, they're, uh... 
nurse couldn't poke my arm, took the meds across the uh, uh, hospital, and a new nurse came in. He was a Marine, and he poked me right once. I was, he's like, where are the meds? I'm like, yeah, that's your job, okay? <laughs> I was yeah, like, I, mean, I don't have them sitting right here. I would have already taken them. I would have probably just drank them instead of putting it in an IV waiting for you. Yeah, uh, knock on wood, I haven't experienced that, and I hope I don't get to. So I hope you never do, too, either. So. <laughs> um with that and again with sort of everything like the story is amazing and the people you meet um what has it been for you and you said you wanted to stay in college athletics you had those aspirations and that sort of were like okay well i I'm, i belong here what is it that keeps you going each day you know uh I, there are days where you're just like you're really struggling and man this is just tough you know i'm actually going through that now uh one of my kids has cancer and it's it's tough seeing it and wanting to help them and you really can't do anything. And again, what is it that keeps you going each and every day moving forward in, again, your position at UNC? Oh man, that's a, you know, there like any sports surf manager, there are days where I drive home from work and it's a tough day, you know, and you, you there's been days where you question like, man, am I, is this, is this for me? Um, but then, you know, you might drive home the next day and, and, and it's a complete 180, you know, um, one of the, one of the things for me is, you know, I've, the relationships we have with our, with all of the coaches, um, that we deal with, um, head coaches, assistant coaches, um, the people in the athletic department, uh, not my, not only the staff that I work with, but our, you know, everybody, um, it, it, that's what keeps me going. Um, just, just knowing that, Hey, we're, we're doing something good and we're putting a good product on the field for our student athletes. And, you know, people, we don't always need the recognition, but it's nice when our marketing comes up for a game and like, oh, the field looks amazing. You know, that's a nice, just a nice gesture um, that makes you feel good about what you're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get frustrated with the thing, the way schedules are. And uh, when you're fighting the weather, like we do, it's easy to get frustrated and just, you know, want to, want to throw in the towel. But, um, you know, I think you got to find those times to get away, to recharge um, and, and just, you know, start, start, start fresh with, with the, with the attitude. Um, but yeah, knowing what we're doing, um, and putting, putting out there for, for people, it, it just, that keeps me going. Um, and it, it's fun. We enjoy it. Friggin' mother nature, you know, always, <laughs> couldn't you be on our side? Like 50% of the time, you know, even just 50, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a fondest memory from your years at UNC that you sort of are like, well, I know there are a lot of good times and everything, but there's always that one that sort of sticks out in our career. You're just like, wow, I did that. That was awesome. You know, yeah, it was great. we, we did the, you know, we did the field conversion. Um, and, and when that was all said and done, that was, that was in my mind, that was a really good memory. Um, there are times when we were doing it, um, that it didn't seem like a good memory, but, at the end, when we Mother when Nature, we it, I saw yeah. your presentation. <laughs> yeah, so you know that was fun. Um, you know, we 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 won field of the year, which was really cool. One of the one of the coolest things, though, that I, I think meant the most to, to myself and even my our crew is, um, we have a thing called the Rammies every year. Um, it's the spinoff, I think, of the the, the SBs, and um, it's the student athletes. You, you, you know, we dress up. We were in suit and tie. Um, there was an unsung hero award. And the student athletes voted on it and they gave that to us, the grounds crew. Um, and that meant a lot to me because that was, you know, unprompted. That was completely them 
saying, hey, we should nominate the grounds crew. And not only did they nominate us, but they all voted on it and we won. Um, that meant a lot to me because that's who we're here to to serve and to, to work for. And that's what we do what we do. So that one was really cool. We've got it up in our in our baseball office right now. It's a, it's a little gold ram. So it's pretty that's, neat. That's awesome. Do you get yeah. to work with student athletes a lot? You know, just sort of like expectation wise when it comes to, I remember we had a uh, Brandon Harden on and he was talking about, I was like, sorry, coaches, I really don't care what you're saying. I'm worried about them and their play. Do you get to work with them enough when it comes to, again, their not preference or anything, but their feedback and making adjustments based off of that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a cool part of what we do. Um, You know, the guys that are, that are, that are, stay at our baseball field the most talk to the baseball players um our softball crew talks to our softball players um you know i think each the, the people that that kind of run the field and facility know their teams really well um but you know yeah we get we get we get to be on the field with the athletes um you know we'll get their feedback uh you know we'll go ask a infielder sometime yeah is the dirt too soft too hard you know how do you like it and, and a lot of times they don't have a preference a lot of times we'll get a we'll get some feedback you know um but our coaching staffs for all of our teams have done a really good job um of of making the play i don't say making them but getting the players to realize what goes into making a field look and play good um so they respect it and that's really cool you know they 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 understand what we're doing um you know when we ask them to to move out of a spot. They have no problem with that most of the time. So that's really cool. So, um, you know, there are obviously players, I think you, you become better friends with, um, just, it may, it may be something small, Hey, they're from your hometown or, you know, things like that, something that you have in common, but, uh, yeah, it's really cool to, to follow them through college and then see when, you know, they, they go on in life. A lot of, a lot of them go play pro sports and we still keep up with them or a lot of them just, you know, go start a family. And that's, that's cool to see when they come back. So, um, just really neat to, to to interact with with them like that. It's great to have those connections, I'm sure. Uh, and it's awesome to hear that your coach is on your side with things, you know, because a lot of college coaches are like, hmm, we're doing it this way and we're not changing it. Sorry. It's yeah, like, we, we, we deal with that too, but it's, uh, you know, <laughs> give and take. Uh, each, coach is, each coach is different, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You wish you wish they would understand that. Hey, uh, your student athletes' uh, safety and health is dependent on what we're doing, and maybe what we're trying to do is help you instead of like annoy you or anything. Like, <laughs> hey, just saying, listen to us. It's gonna be okay. We're asking yep. for your opinion. We're not telling you to say what we're doing, but no, it's it's always. It's, it's even in golf and everything like you have those people you're just like why why are you being this way like we're trying to work with you here you know but uh all right so i want to get into it you saw i actually was at a presentation at stma the same year that we uh won the award and it is again one of the most insane projects that i have ever seen heard was able to again talk to you and chat about could you sort of give us a rundown on what it all was about? Uh, and again, it was awesome to see that the coach was so invested in that natural grass playing surface uh, for you guys. Um, but sort of start at the top, why the situation came about with the facilities being built and all that. And again, I'm going to shut up because I keep talking. Uh, but if you can go through it and explain the whole thing, that'd be awesome. So that probably 
that that two or three year project probably took about 10 years off my life but it was it was worth it um, god bless so, you i will say that before you start <laughs> <laughs> so we um we were in need of an indoor practice facility um uh, for football and then and now that we have it all the other teams are using it as well but we're, we're pretty landlocked um the only way we could build a new football practice complex was to bulldoze everything we had um if we bulldozed our bulldozed our practice field, where we tried to figure out where we were going to put football for practices during the week, um, we looked into busting them off campus to some other fields and just all kinds of things, and nothing made sense. Um, but to put them in our in our football stadium, um, Coach Fedora and that staff at the time were, you know, big advocates of natural grass, and um, we came up with a proposal. You know, here here's what we can do, Coach. We can let you practice in the stadium all week and come in on Thursday and rip out the grass and resod it and have it ready for, for Saturday. Um, and, and he, he went with that idea. Um, financially, it was, it was a good idea. It was going to save money first. Um, just completely ripping the whole field out and going synthetic at the time. Um, he, he liked natural. So this was, he was on board with it. Um, so then I called Chad and I'm like, how do we do this? Um, I actually called a lot of people and I was like, talk me out of this. Are we crazy? Some people said, yeah, you're probably crazy, but I think you can do it. You know, I got a lot of advice from people all over the country, which was really cool. Um, a lot of the guys locally in the area came and helped us with it, but yeah, we did that. Um, we budgeted to, to resod seven, the whole field before every home game. So seven full resides. I think the first year we did three and a half resides. Um, you know, so well under um, what we budgeted for, which was good. Um, you know, the, the field played great. Um, I think we, we, we talked about it a little bit, but that project, our practice facility project, ran into some major, major problems uh, with underground steam lines and sewer lines and things, uh, rock and just unexpected things that nobody could really foresee. So because of that, we had to do it for two years. Um, that one year of practicing in the stadium turned into two full seasons of practicing in the stadium. Um, you know, by the second year, we were, we pretty much had it down the process of coming in overnight and taking a field out and putting a new one in. Um, but you know, we didn't plan for two years. So that really, that took a toll on the crew for a little while. I think, you know, you know, we, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and then all of a sudden it was like, here we go again, let's do it again. But, you know, with all that said, um, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the decision to, to, to offer that up and to do it. Um, we learned so much. There's a, there's a ton of things I think we would have changed doing the project or doing the, the resides or, you know, we learned a lot of really cool stuff, but um, yeah, I'm really glad we did it. Um, and I've had a couple sports serve managers throughout the country call me, you know, Hey, we're going to have a concert on our field a week before a home game. How do we, you know, how do we do it? Or they've used us an example, you know, Hey, UNC did it. Uh, they did it and they did it in two days and we've got a full week to do it. So no problem. Um, or, um, you know, there's, there's, I think there's some situations out there right now where, where people may be building a practice facility and doing, doing the same thing. So um, hopefully we, we showed, you know, the turf industry that something that could be done um, if, if it needs to be. You are the guys, you know. <laughs> I just rambled on for a long time right there. So No, that we, that's what we wanted. Exactly. <laughs> no. And I, what are some of those things that you, again, it's something that was just not done before. You know, there wasn't anybody who had a field replaced. It was four times, right? You said in the first year. Yeah. Three, yeah. three and a half before the first year. So. so 
with that, was there anything that you found that was difficult when it came to managing the field? Again, I know it's a brand new field and that's great and whatnot. But again, if you were repeatedly, repetitively doing this and having issues with anything, what were some of those issues and how did you deal with them? Uh, or was it just sort of smooth when it came to the management side once it was in? No, so a lot of it was just learning on the fly because we had never done this either. We, we had installed the game on grass from Chad on other facilities, but we've never had to turn it around in 24 hours. You know, we've never had to, to do what we were doing there. Um, it went, it went really well, you know, when you're replacing a whole field, you're cutting it out and you're, you know, we've, we're coming behind, we're cutting it out, getting three passes down and all of a sudden we've got another crew laying side. So we really didn't have a lot of time to prep, you know, under the side. Um, so, you know, three or four resides in, I felt like the field got a little, um, uneven, um, I don't think you would ever see it on TV or I don't even think the players realized it, but we could see it, you know, all right, that's not as smooth as it, it was before we did this. Um, not having the ability to, the time to grade it, um, you know, that you can get it right. Um, we rolled it a lot because it was new side, you know, and I think um, we compacted a, a layer an inch or two under that side. Um, so we found we were, we would get a rain and we didn't drain as good as we thought it was kind of staying at the top. So, then we started airifying. We would we would literally cut the sod up, lay a new roll, take our walk behind air fire, air fire and needle tine it, and then roll it to get it smooth. So at least we thought we were we were breaking up a, a harder layer, um, and that seemed to work, you know. So things like that that we just figured out on the fly. Um, yet we had to be really careful because you know once you lay that sod and you roll it, once you paint it, we couldn't put the roller back on it because it it, it would move it a little bit, you know. So you had to have it perfect you had to have it where you wanted it before you did any painting. Um, so that was, that was a challenge sometimes. And that that's a challenge for you guys in the sense, like that's literally 12 hours of install evening leveling and then painting. Like that's, it's still crazy to me. I mean, I've been through a couple of things like that and I, we were lucky enough uh, with our students, we were able to convert the DC United, uh, soccer field to a defender field before the pandemic so like our kids got to experience it and it's just i can't even imagine doing it with an install in front of it you know it's yeah. just absolutely insane um can you sort of discuss with that again you were talking about how the practice facility took a lot longer and i had it in the notes here how your crew sort of adapted you said it was hard and again the light at the tunnel and then you just open up and there's another tunnel um what were you able to do to sort of help with sort of that adaptation of okay this is normal for another year guys we got to get through this and keep just pushing through you know I, I think as the crew we just understood we didn't have a choice you know we we got into this and we we had to we were going to ride it out um you know and, and i'm very proud of our crew for that that year so we had a couple guys that were new um and i i I think to this day, they're still with us. And they're like, what did I get myself into? You know, like, you know, this is, this is insane. And it was, it was, um, but the crew, man, the, the credit to, to all of the guys that, that, that work, you know, on the, on the crew we had, because they at any point could have just given up and nobody did, um, you know, for what it's worth, the, the first reside we ever did, we were going to do on a Thursday, um, but we had rain coming. So on Wednesday morning, I drove to work at 6 a.m., and I called Chad Price and I said, can we come tonight to do it? 
and Chad dropped everything, brought his crew. You know, I got to work that day and I told the nine or 10 guys we had, Hey, I know you thought you were spending the night tomorrow night, but we need it to be tonight. And they all did, you know, I mean, a lot of the guys had kids and had to make arrangements and did all that, but I didn't get any pushback. So everybody was on board. So that's really the only way that this was able to happen. Everybody bought in. Um, That's a result of leadership. So congratulations to you too. You know, that's awesome. Um, what what was the, your relationship with Chad? I mean, Chad's one of the nicest guys you ever meet, and I, he actually just hired my, one of my former bosses, Chris Ecton. I don't know if you've been able to meet yeah. him yet, but uh, what was it kind of like working with those guys? You know, I know in the NFL when Chris was there, they had a really good relationship with Tuckahoe because they'd come in because they had Pittsburgh and the Steelers, and there would be enough resigning. How is that relationship sort of building and how have you been able to sort of stay in contact with those guys when it comes to, again, going through something that has never been done before and has such a big impact on your guys' careers? Yeah. So, you know, we've got a really good relationship with, with Chad and Carolina Green and um, they built they built a lot of fields for us and practice fields recently. They built our baseball stadium um, and then. We've also got a really good relationship with Precision Turf. Um, they built some fields for us during this project too. Um, but with with Chad in that in that situation in that project, um, you know, I I was really good friends with Chad before we did this. But there was a point where Chad and I talked almost every day, um, every day for that entire season. I think a lot of days, multiple times, just coordinating stuff and going to the farm to see the side and you know just things like that. Um, so relationship wise, my and Chad relationship grew a, a ton over this that last two years. Um, and, and if anybody in the industry knows Chad, it, he's an awesome guy. So I'm very thankful, um, very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it, it not just Chad, but Chad's entire crew um, and our crew. It, it we we they you know it was cool to see them interacting and joking. And um, I think one of Chad's guys got married and invited some of our guys to his wedding. So that's, that's how it ended up. You know, we were, we were in it together. Uh, those wee hours of the morning when everybody wanted to go to bed or, you know, we're, you're cold and we're all in it together. So we're sucking it up and one big, one big family basically. So sounds like you guys need to really make an cool. annual reunion, you know? I, I think I joked with Chad. I was like, when you have your company Christmas party, you know, let, just send us an invite. We'll be yeah. there. <laughs> but Chad hears this. I bet you he'll send you one this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I know I don't want to ask this question unless you want. You said it was okay. So if not, uh, you know, I, I even, I told you this. I think it was an STMA. It might have messaged you too. I couldn't believe it after everything you guys have been through. And of course the coach has the say because he's the coach or whatever. What was it like to have again the the national field of the year sort of transitioned into this synthetic crap turf? Sorry, <laughs> my bad. No, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it, it, listen, that's a that's a fair question. It's one that that I've I've, I've talked about a lot over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I'm I'm not a I'm a grass guy. I enjoy maintaining. Um, Keenan Keenan Stadium was kind of my that was our baby. We love maintaining it. Um, you know, with that being said, there's there's a lot more that goes into the decisions to, to change out the field than I think, um, you know, A, we're made public and B, uh, you know, people understand, um, you know, I, I, I think I did my part in, in, in 
tried to explain, here's what this field could be like on a normal year. Here's what it would. Um, for our situation, I think there was a need to have another field that could be used a, a lot more than, you know, the grass field would, would have been used. Um, you know, I think the, the overall picture in the athletic department was we can, um, we can use this more, things like that. Um, and they have been, they've been, people have been using it. Um, it's not like we put a piece of synthetic in and nobody's allowed on it. So it's getting a lot of use, um, which, which I'm happy to see if we're going to do that. But, you know, I would be a little, I'd be lying if I said it, it obviously didn't hurt a little bit, but I think at the end of the day and our whole crew myself understand that, you know, we don't have to agree, um, with every decision that's made in, in the athletic department, but it is our job to maintain, you know, the fields, no matter what surface they are, you know, the reason they were put in or anything like that. So the guys still take pride in, you know, maintaining it and doing what we have to do and in, in, in making it a showpiece. So. Absolutely. Yeah, people, yeah. people have handed it. Our guys have handled it very, very well. So. Good for them. I'm still not handling it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff they put out, like I understand you're trying to use more and whatnot. Guess what? Go put it on some other block in the middle of the campus that they can walk yeah. to. Okay. This is the Mecca of what your, your facility is supposed to be. And you're just going to throw plastic on it. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to stop now before I get in trouble. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Um, with that, could you sort of discuss uh, your facilities? You got a brand new and it's not really brand new. It's been a couple of years. I'm sure. Um, soccer and lacrosse facility which is gorgeous um and could you also sort of talk i want to sort of transition into the turf aspect of things uh what's making up those fields obviously we just talk in synthetic now uh what type of burrito are you working with with those facilities and sort of yeah. what they are as a whole so i'm i consider myself very fortunate um we've you know since i've i've been at UNC, when I got there in the first year, the baseball stadium was in its second year. So it was a state-of-the-art stadium, sand-based field. Um, we've built two natural grass fields for soccer lacrosse to practice on. We built two um, artificial fields for soccer lacrosse and intramurals to be on. Uh, we've renovated our, our soccer stadium, um, completely brand-new sand-based field. Um, our football practice complex in that same project, indoor indoor facility, an outdoor synthetic and an outdoor natural grass field, and then a brand new field hockey stadium. So I feel really fortunate to, to have some state of the art facilities, um, you know, not just the fields, but the entire facility. With that being said, my boss, um, who is, who is retired now, but at the time, let me have a very, very hands-on say in how we build these fields. Um, you know, and that was really cool. You know, we got to decide that, we want to build them like you know, we want the the, the grab the four inches of gravel, the ten inches of sand. Here's the blend of the sand that we want. Um, we want quick couplers here. This is the irrigation we want. We had the say in all of that, and that was really really cool. Um, you know, so there's always things you look back on and you're like, man, I wish I would have done it this way. But um, overall, really really good for good grass fields to maintain, um, which make our life a lot easier. Um, you know, that's awesome because. Couplers are huge in the right spot, you know. My brother, you don't, just, under, you don't realize it till you don't have it. No, exactly. You're like, I gotta go load up a spray rig and get all this stuff. My brother just put in a well, his high school's brand new, and I helped them with their design. They didn't have a coupler right behind the mound. I was like, 
you're gonna water your infield <laughs> so stuff like that where again like easily can be fixed that's definitely huge um what uh what type of turf are you running with latitude uh anything new i think it was latitude when you guys were renovating the fields if i remember correctly i could be wrong um yeah are you looking towards the future or anything are you happy with it because i know um we just hosted uh the i don't know if you know the youtube channel the lawn tools they were up here in northern virginia at brentsville we try to diversify what we have so we've got a tahoma field now we've got a northbridge we've got a latitude and then we have patriot which again we don't have a say on things that was there when i got here but um used to be again the the new big thing and everyone's always looking for that next new big thing you know um yeah how's it going for you and what do you have in your future plans for that yeah do you have any plans for moving forward um i don't think so you know we when we built the fields originally like when i got to unc everything was 419 um which was great our, our outfield of our baseball field is still 419 it's probably the last thing we've converted every all the new construction we went to latitude um and we've converted our softball field over in the last four years to latitude um you know we were we were fortunate the guys down the road at duke had latitude on their football stadium and their soccer stadium so we went over and checked it out and uh, you know it was it was a great grass i mean it's it's i think it's one thing seeing it on a on a test plot you know at a research farm and then seeing it in in real real sports turf application um and we saw what they had and we thought you know that's that's a really beautiful bermuda um you're only eight miles away climates are the same um so we we started doing that and um, it, I think we're still figuring it out. You know, it, it's different than 419. You know, there's, you, you manage it different. Um, so I know there's some new varieties coming out and I'm sure they're great. Um, but I think, you know, talking with, with AJ and our guys, you know, we, we feel like we're getting in that sweet spot to where we know how to maintain the latitude. Um, you know, so I think that's, we're probably going to sit with that for a while. Um, you know, absolutely. Later. And that's, that's, what's been crazy to see is just, we have, practices on all of our fields and being able to see the traffic and how it handles versus each other and management practices on what's working with this. Cause again, like you said, it's completely different plans between latitude and 419. Um, especially in your climate, you know, where we're at, we're in that really, really that tipping point in the transition zone. You have that a little bit less of that. Um, with everything though, with that, again, you're saying you're just getting to where you think you know everything that needs to be done for latitude. What is it that you're focusing on culturally speaking when it comes to uh, your, say one of your highest traffic field, maybe the practice facility. So we, I mean, we're big on airification um, and we use a lot of different times. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll pull a core, um, you know, we'll use a, we use a needle time a lot. We, we, we keep that on the air fire because we can run that out, you know, you know, it, you may show up one morning and realize and this area is just getting, it's getting compacted and we'll, we'll run the air fire over it, you know, and within a, an hour and it's, you, you relieved it a little bit. Um, with the, with the latitude fields, um, I think AJ and I've talked about really dethatching them more, you know, um, that's one thing you do have to do with, with some of these newer variety Bermudas, um, is to dethatch them more. So we're, we're trying, we've got a couple of different verticutters or brooms and, you know, we're trying to sneak those in when we can and um, do more of that stuff. Um, 
And then, you know, we, we've got the ability now. We, we didn't always have the equipment to do this, um, but we do now. So to top dress, we, we, we might, in years past, we may just do a couple big heavy top dressings. But now we're going out, you know, I think last week football practice ended and they had three days off or two days off. So we went out there with uh, 10, 12 tons of sand and put a light coat on it. We're doing stuff like that more frequently as opposed to how we used to do it. So, I mean, I think things like that are being able to, to, to do it um, in smaller increments more often are, are really beneficial to what we're doing. Now with that, with the season and sort of, I, sort of an ideal time frame. Um, what is it? Have you noticed maybe again, even back to when you were managing Keenan natural during the season, what have you been able to sort of focus on to again, help better the play of the field for the athletes again, in that sort of time frame? Again, you can't be as aggressive because obviously you need to be ready within like a week or five days or two days, whatever it is. What is it that you're able to sort of focus on when it comes to that? As far as just maintaining the fields during yep. during high traffic times, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's uh, yeah. Again, back to I think we 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 verify when we can to to just relieve compaction. Um, we we always we try to keep a granular fertilizer out that's that's a slow release so that we're we're feeding you know constantly. Um, and then we we do a lot of foliar applications as needed. Um, you know, we keep a good amount of foliar, and and that's where we we can you know tailor a spray to what that field needs at that, that time. Um, you know, a lot of that's, we might plan to, Hey, we know we're going to spray next week, but we, we don't necessarily know what we're going to put in the tank yet. We need to see how the field's reacting. Um, you know, with the weather here, like it is with you, I mean, we can be, we might be 92 one day and three days later, we might top out at 75, you know? So it's, 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 it's a weird, you don't know what you're going to get a lot of times. So, Bring the 75 to Northern Virginia, please. Oh, my God. You know, listen, I've always said um, I love the summer. I love it. And I, and I like the warm weather because our Bermuda grass is going. And my wife finally told me one time, she goes, listen, we need it to be fall. Nobody cares about your grass growing longer. Just stop wishing it's hot. And like, like, right. It's Bermuda or it's me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, it's just been, it's one of those summers. It's been crazy. I mean, I think our average has been 98 for the last two months. It's been insane. I think you there's been one weekend. Yeah. My measuring stick is I have a, a tall fescue at my house. So if my tall fescue is looking really good in the summer, I know it's not been warm enough for our Bermuda to be going good. But when the, when our, my fescue starts to, you know, die down and look, look pretty crappy. I'm like, all right, here we go. Bermuda's rolling at work. So. Same here. Yup. <laughs> it's the same barometer, you know? Oh gosh. It's been a crazy, crazy summer. That's for sure. Um, do you guys have any major projects coming up? You know, you're a top 10 football program with that comes money. And I know that sounds bad, but again, just sort of my experience when I was a tech with that comes money with, more people wanting more. So college athletics is again, sort of about that next big thing that you're going to do. Like at Virginia tech, they just announced they're doing like a, a $40 million renovation of their basketball facility. They're making it a glass box. I'm like, great idea. College students are not going to throw stuff at that, you know? Um, <laughs> so do you know of any big projects coming up for you that you're going to be involved with? 
Um, that you can disclose, not, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, you know, because we've just renovated, you know, in the, in the last four years, like I said, we've got a new field hockey stadium, new football practice facility, new lacrosse soccer stadium, and then new practice fields and track for them. So, you know, I think field wise, we, we're probably, we're probably tapped out, um, for the moment. Um, we're, we, we are doing a, I think a major renovation to our football center. Um, you know, that doesn't really affect our fields or, or what I do, but going back to what you said, you know, I mean, your football is gaining some momentum and now they're going to spend some money on the football center. Um, I think with college athletics, we're always going to be renovating something, updating something. Um, our softball field is 20 years old. Um, that's the the next thing I really hope we get to, to focus on and, and, and kind of, I would say bulldoze and start fresh. Um, but that's probably a couple of years away. So no, not in the, not in the meantime. Um, you know, we, I, I think, too, those years of those years of construction were really fun because it was different and I got to be a part of it. But after three years of construction, you're like, man, I just want to maintain, you know, I just want to get back to a normal. So give me my one field. OK, we want to yeah. <laughs> listen. We were at a point we were at a point where um, the fields were done and we couldn't have access so that we would have to pull our sprayer or our tractor up and the crane would have to pick it up and put it over the building onto the field. And then we would have to spray and then have to get the crane to lift it back over. So that's insane. Um, that's yeah, crazy. So stuff that stuff that seemed pretty fun, but it was like, man, this is this is a hassle. <laughs> like first time. Wow, that's impressive. Tenth yeah. time. Just put it down. Come on, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome though. Um, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about uh the cultural practices. Um do you remember? I think it was like the year before you started all the construction. It was like my freshman year of college. Uh, there was a national televised. It was, I think you were playing NC State. It could be wrong, but you guys were on ESPN with your drainage, and it was a big hurricane coming in, like right on top of your game. Uh, yeah. And we were playing ECU and they canceled the game, and it was this big thing and whatnot. You're like, we're not canceling, we're fine. And you had. I think it was like four water bottles or five water bottles and they filmed you pouring them in with the infiltration. What was that kind of like? And how are you able to, again, so sort of be that sort of like light on sports turf managers and again, be like, this is what we can do with natural grass and we're going to be fine with the hurricane, no matter what amount of rain is coming in. Cause it's never rained 16 inches an hour, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. What was that like? And uh, again, sort of being that sort of, uh spotlight on sports turf you know so when we we had just um renovated keenan stadium the year before so it was a brand new we we, we took it all the way down there was actually a um, a 72 inch campus storm drain that ran right under the middle of the field about 30 feet deep that needed replacing so lucky for us we got a new field out of it um and and we built it sand base and and I kept we bragged about it. Oh, this field will take 15, 16, 20 inches an hour. You know, as we're building it, we're bragging about it. Well, all of a sudden we get a game with a hurricane, and then we bragged about this for months, how good it drains. And I got a little nervous. You know, I mean, I really hope it holds up to to what I'm telling people. So I think the day before the game, before the rain, we went out there with a soil probe and we we just put a hole in the ground and and we had some water bottles, like you said, and we just started pouring and though it, it never came the water never came out of the hole it just kept draining and draining and we were videoing it and i remember thinking then all right we're going to be okay you know this is there's not going to be these holes all over the field but we're going to be okay um 
before the game that day, I walked out on the field um, and one of the and I went to the most compacted spot, like every football field, probably around the 35 yard line where the walkthroughs happen, things like that. And um, uh, Coach Gene Chizik was our defensive coordinator at the time, and he walked out and he said, "How's it going to hold up?" And I said, "Well, we're standing in the most compacted spot, and I couldn't even get water to come out from under my feet." So I, was, I said, "I think we're going to be really, really good," um, and we did. We it, we rained the whole game. I think we got seven or eight inches that day. Um, we got beat thirty-one to three, I think. Um, and the next day, I got a phone call. I didn't know the number. I didn't answer it. Called me right back, so I answered it, and it was uh, Coach Fedora. And after getting beat that bad, he called to tell me how he thanked us, the crew, for the work we had put in on the field. He just wanted to let us know that it played great and that had no effect on the game. Um, and he was just very comp- you know, compliment- complimentary of, of everything we'd done. And that really – that meant a lot. Um, so going forward from that, you know, I learned a lot. I, I learned, like, if you build the field right and if you maintain it like we were maintaining it, you can, you can take hurricane rains. You can take weather that, you know, 15 years ago, I don't think we could have taken. So um, it's pretty impressive what technology and just maintaining stuff the right way will, will do. It was really impressive. And I, I just remember that. So that video, it's just like, holy crap. That's like, that's very impressive, you know, because at tech, I think we had, that might've been, after graduation but we went back I, I worked the game so i'm going down to the unc game this weekend actually uh okay yeah we'll we'll be terrible no offense hokey fans i love virginia tech but uh <laughs> i don't think anybody knows whether or not we're gonna be good or not because they've kept everything you know, i did there. tell somebody the other day i said listen first game in two years where you're having a full crowd a night game in blacksburg that's gonna be fun like it's gonna oh, be rowdy yep Blacksburg's like no other place when it comes to the start of the game. You know, that inner Sandman is something else. And my favorite part is I don't actually jump because I'm down on the field. I'm like, am I supposed to be professional? Am I supposed to be jumping? But I can feel the whole thing shaking like on the field. I'm like, this is my home right here. That's right. (laughs) Um, But again, with all of that, um, it's sort of, uh weird to again put those things together but that game we had it was like <laughs> it turned into like a slosh pit <laughs> the players were like sliding all over the place and everything and we had our sub air in i was like yeah this feels a little bit old for the drainage purposes so but again like stuff like that and i remember you were talking about 10 15 years ago uh i think it was virginia tech versus georgia tech maybe or something it was michael vick era and they canceled like a national, like it was like one versus five and they had to cancel the game. And it was like, never again is this ever allowed in Blacksburg because it costs the school millions. So it's very true what you're saying yeah. about how the technology and everything has come so far in such a short period of time. Um, sort of shifting things, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the industry about how things are changing, what we need to look forward to, what we need to be working on. Um, Sort of in your eyes, how have you seen the sports turf industry shift in the last 10 years other than what we were just talking about, you know? <laughs> um, and what do you think the future holds for sports turf? Uh, you know, that's – I think there's a lot of questions. Um, yeah, I think we're headed in, in a good direction. Um, there, there's definitely – I think you're seeing more synthetic fields put in and not just the – I mean, every level. Um, 
I know there's some obviously our local NFL team has just switched over and you know I think you're seeing um, school boards and counties doing things like that um, you know I, I I think every situation is different and needs to be assessed individually um, there may be some schools that need that but I I, I don't want to see the trend go in that direction like any other sports star manager um, I think what you're doing with the, with the students, the younger, the younger generation and, and getting them, I wish looking back, I would have had some classes in high school, you know, to steer me towards this because I love lining our baseball field. I love dragging it. I love doing things like that. And I never had a clue that that was an option to something I could do when I got older. So, you know, I think what you guys are doing and I think I'm seeing it more on Twitter, um, you know, so-and-so's turf class or, her program in high school. I think that's really awesome to get kids interested. Um, you know, and then the, the, the ongoing discussion that's out there is just the wages that, that people are making in jobs. I mean, you know, there's a lot of hours that people are working and, and I think people are getting burnt out. So I think as an industry, we've got to figure out, you know, how to get the, the pay scale higher um, to compensate people for, for their time and, and in their expertise and then you know, figure out, how somebody doesn't, you know, nobody needs to work 2000 overtime hours a year or anything like that. You know, the, that's the easy way to get people burned out and out of the industry pretty quick. So, you know, those are the challenges and I don't have the answers for them, but there's some very smart people in our industry and I think we can figure it out. Absolutely. Especially the last one, you know, I think, and, and I keep bringing it back up, but like with everything that you guys do and especially now the college athletics or college athletes are making money. It's that sort of next step to when they make their professional money. Again, I go back to Travis Hogan because again, what's his name makes the most money in the league. Patrick Mahomes makes $500 yeah. million. That's a big investment. And if Travis yeah. is not doing his job or if he's not there, then the likely chance that $5 million, $500 million, sorry to make that small Patrick, my bad, <laughs> but if he's not there as the first line of defense and things go wrong, then your $500 million could be just thrown out the window, you know? And especially yeah. with him, he's got so such bad turf toe or whatever it is that he has. It's always dealing with his feet. Yep. And again, I with Dr. McNitt, I haven't forced it out of him or anything or talked to him about it too much, but all these synthetic fields going in the pros i feel like in the next three or four years the players association is going to get switched back and it's like yeah. my thing again like like you said there are places where artificial is like needed and don't get me wrong i completely agree with you uh even at a high school level it's really hard to justify it other than the fact that athletic directors and people don't want to do work yeah yeah you know and our uh, the, the our synthetic companies are, are very good at marketing, you know, to, to the, the, the public or the parks and recs and the high schools and things. So they're, you know, they're, they're very good at that. And, and what's crazy to me, that. what's crazy to me is even with that, they still have to go over like the specs. They still have to talk about how there's crust concrete. And then if you want to spend an extra $300,000, you can get a little cushion. That's an inch. Yeah. And then yep. it's just the plastic sheet with the fibers attached and sand and rubber. So if you only spend, the less than 300,000 for the extra you have literally less than an inch between concrete and your player. Like yeah. in what world would you want your son or daughter to fall on that? You know? And again, my other issue that I have is they're saying, Oh, it lasts eight years. And then people who are buying them can't actually afford them. 
in the sense of like, okay, well, in 10 years, I don't have $1.5 million to replace this thing. Like, I'm just going to let it run as long as I can, you know? I, I think one of the, the biggest things that gets missed is the temperature on them in this time of year. And how oh, hot they are. Yeah, that yeah. forgot about that too. You know, well, sorry. There's there's too many things to be talked about. You know, uh, yeah. I was talking to one of my kids. He was complaining about how he was like on the asphalt yesterday or something, working on his car. I was like, it's a good thing it wasn't on an artificial turf field. He's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? He's like, I'm like, it's hotter on an artificial turf field than it is yeah. on asphalt, which again should shock people, but. Nobody listens to anything we say, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. I'm sorry. We won't go there. <laughs> sorry, let me find something else to talk about real quick. Um, if there was something that you could know, sort of like, again, maybe not make it easier, but just sort of understand heading into this industry, what would that one thing be and why? Oh. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I had just got into the industry was from Ray Brentsfield. Um, he put, he asked me one day if I was keeping a, um, basically a journal of what we were doing, you know, the fertilizers, the, the fun, anything we did. He's like, are you writing that down? And I said, no. And he said, you need, you need to be writing it down. So I did, I started that week and I didn't know what I was writing down. You know, I was writing down, we just put out a, 17017 and I'm not even 100% sure I knew exactly, you know, what 50% slow release was at the time, but I wrote it down. And I used that when I moved on, I I would I would refer back to that, you know, and that really helped me a lot um just to 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 be able to do that. Um one of the other things I would tell somebody young is, you know, and I, and I I probably could have done a better job of this myself, but there's a lot of people that have been in the industry longer than us that know so much that we can gain from them. Um, you know, whether it's they've been doing it for 40 years or they've just had some really cool experiences and can share information. So um, I would, ha- I would, I would definitely tell young people just to reach out and talk to people, pick, pick people's brains, get ideas, things like that. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's so beneficial. Um, and I think our industry does a really good job of sharing information, you know, especially on Twitter. I, I can't tell you how many ideas I've probably stole from people. Oh, that's a great idea, you know, to drag a core in or do this or that. And I hope people see what we're doing and, and think, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do it, you know. So I still credit you for our uh, Stars and Stripes themed uh, win. I was like, you guys executed that perfectly. We were just like, <laughs> hey. This is, looks really awesome. Let's just make it a little bit smaller and a little bit longer. You know, it was just, I, again, I said it. I said, oh, it was stolen. I, I didn't hey, those were, those were some really fun years. Uh, we got a little crazy painting, painting Keenan and painting the end zones for every, you know, white out, black out. I mean, whatever game we had. Absolutely. But, uh, that was really fun. And I, and I, I think you're, you, you see a lot of that throughout the industry now. And that's, it's, it's cool. Again, you guys were an inspiration to us for those years that you had it. You know, it was just, it was something new and fresh every year, you know, and it was just fun to watch, you know, and we try to do that. Uh, we we have our Stars and Stripes game. We're doing a 9-11 Remembrance game because it's September 10th. So it's the day before the 11th uh, for the 20th anniversary. And we were like... <laughs> I went to our art teacher actually because I was like, I don't know what else to do. We've we've done a waving flag, we've had a regular flag run across, we did your design. I'm like, what other things are stars and stripes? So we came up with this uh 
fighter jet thing where it's not an actual fighter jet but on the side there's like a big circle with the star in it and then you have the lines sort of branch off of that so we're just gonna have a big star in the middle of our letter uh i think it's s in brentsville but and then have those lines go across and we'll see how it turns out oh that's cool well if it doesn't turn out well then uh sorry we tried (laughs) hey we one year we went down off campus to a field and we took a couple of our letters and we painted them and then we were going to try something for i want to say it was the military appreciation game we were going to try to do camo in our color so like a dark blue a carolina blue a white we mixed some colors we did this and we painted these letters and it looked like blues clues i mean it was a cartoonish i think and, you uh, should have gone with it i think it and i fun. remember you know i think my boss was there at the time and he was like there's no chance we're even gonna send that to somebody and i was like yeah that looks terrible and we took the paint machines and covered it up Nobody ever saw that. But. <laughs> it's a good thing you covered it up, right? It doesn't always it doesn't always work, but oh well. So we tried it too, but we didn't use our colors. It would have been again. You were saying blues clues. We would have been like uh, Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes, you know. <laughs> but we did a camera. I don't know if you can see it. Let's see if oh yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing that. That's yeah. awesome. It turned out pretty good. It was pretty funny because everybody's like. They they call me Miller. They never call him Mister. I'm I'm used to it. Like Miller, we don't know if this looks good. I'm like, just trust the process, okay? I've seen yeah. it done before. Just make a big blob, okay? And we'll go from there. <laughs> so it it's just, and I think that's what's so cool about with football and everything. There are so many different things that you can try, whether that's mowing patterns or painting or whatever that people take for granted, you know. And I feel like yeah. in our program, it's a way of sort of catching the eye of those young kids that do want to do this in the future. You know, I had a girl, she was up in Pittsburgh this summer, uh, looking to go South this summer, next, next summer coming up for an internship. And she's at tech now. So like stuff like that, that they have memories like that, that we can sort of connect them to the sports turf industry has been huge. So yeah. Any other blues clues designs you come up with? <laughs> no, we've scaled it back a little bit. So. <laughs> okay. Sorry. What was your question? How many um how many turf students do you have or, or in your in the program? Uh, so we had two twenty last year, and we're down to like two hundred this year because of COVID and other yeah. things. Whether it's people wanted to stay virtual to stay safe with COVID and whatnot, but we started at like seventy five when I first got here at a uh, more of an agriculture horticulture program, and when I came in, they hired me to do a more focused on the industry jobs available in Northern Virginia. So sports turf, golf course, landscaping. Um, but yeah, we have over 200 students in our program. That's, that's incredible. That's really awesome. We're, we're trying, you know, we're trying. <laughs> and we've, I, so I had, I think I had last year, not this past class, but the one that when COVID hit, there was probably 15 kids in five different schools that went to for turf programs. So again, it, it's, it's fun to be able to watch and it's been great to see the kids really enjoy what they're doing. You know, I've got kids who were in California on golf courses this past summer uh, to Florida. And then again, Steelers, another one working uh, close to home on a facility, a baseball facility. Um, but again, it's been, I mean, and, and people ask me why I do it, you know, it's, it's just great to see kids take that much interest in it and sort of run with it, you know? Um, yeah. and 
hopefully we're just getting started, but we don't know. So, <laughs> um, we'll keep so it I'll try. We'll see. <laughs> we, we're just trying to deal with what's going on now with COVID and seeing the what's going to happen and uncertainty with that. But we can only hope for the best, you know. Um, let me find the question that I had that I've now lost. Sorry. <laughs> Sort of, again, you were talking about uh, you've been there for, this is your 12th year. How have you seen your sort of job change over the years? And what do you see in the future come with that? So I think, um, you know, when I got here 10 years or in 2010, so 11, 11 years ago, um, I was hands-on with everything. Um, we had a We had a really good group of guys, but they weren't necessarily – um, turf guys, they had, you know, older guys that had been there for 20 years, 25, 30 years. Um, you know, so I found myself just doing a lot of everything. Um, and now we've, we've shifted into to hiring, you know, some, some people with turf backgrounds, turf degrees. And, 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 and I think I can, can push off some of that responsibility, um, decision-making and things like that. So with that said, I've, you know, you, I, I find myself, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in meetings more. I'm not on the fields as much. Um, I think I have a great balance. Um, you know, I talk to people all the time. They're like, man, I never get to get on a mower anymore or, you know, whatever. But I have a good balance. There may be days where I have a couple meetings or there may be a day where I get to help the guys mow or do whatever, spray, um, which I really, really lo- love. Um, I think the, the more I stay in it, um, I'm up. I'm a secondary administrator for our baseball teams. Yeah, I've I've taken the longer I've been there, I've t- I think I've taken on more, um, you know, administrative uh, roles, more responsibilities in that aspect, um, which has been fun. It's been fun to to, to just do, you know, um, progress and do some things um, a little different than turf. Um, but I still get to have my hands on, you know, all the time and, and things like that. Um, my my boss is assistant athletic director for facilities planning and construction. Um, so you know, I I don't know if that's a an option for me in the future. It very well could be. Um, you know, so I don't know. Um, I, I really love what I'm doing. I love I love maintaining sports turf and and, and getting to be part of the process. So um, if if I am in this role for the next 15 years, then that's not a bad thing at all either. So absolutely. Do you know Casey Underwood? I do, yeah. I mean, so Casey's the exact same way, except he keeps moving more and more towards the administrative part, which he hates because he's a way more of a hands-on guy than anyone I've ever met in my life. And it's funny because now it's gotten to the point where like he'll get phone calls like, Hey, come in, we need you, or something like that. And he has to leave people hanging. And one of them is like a good friend of mine. He's like, Nope, he did it again. He left me to do this job. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's uh he's one of those guys just like you that wants to stay out there and still enjoy his his work, you know, which is awesome. There, um there was a day this last week where I had to I knew I had a couple of meetings and I went to work wearing khakis and a polo, and then I knew we were gonna do some some uh some work, like some work on the fields and get really dirty. So I changed and I think I even changed back to go to another meeting. So that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at in the in my career right now. Where the, it's, it's the, a little bit of but bouncing in and out of the locker room. Where I got to put the ball on, ball off. We're good to go. Yeah. All right. Am I in the right clothes for the meeting that I'm going to right now? <laughs> yeah, I, it's crazy to me. You know, I'm I'm actually getting my uh, doctorate in uh, 
educational leadership right now, which is administrative stuff. Um, but it's, it's crazy to me what goes into being an administrator, you know, um, just the decision-making that you have on you again, sort of the weight of that when it comes to like, again, in my case, it would be a school. Um, but again, with a athletic facility or athletic, athletic group, I should say, I'm not even department. That's the word. Sorry. (laughs) Can't think straight. Um, with the caliber of UNC, that's, that's huge, you know? So, yeah. uh, we always ask this as our last question. And again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This has been absolutely incredible. Um, with our kids, again, you were talking about, we have high schoolers who are getting to see the industry for the first time, being able to be a part of something great. Um, we're actually bringing kids down to Savannah this year. So hopefully we'll be able to see you down there. That'd be awesome. Um, what would be your best words of advice for someone who's interested in being a sports surf manager in the future? Um, you know, I, I think I would have to say get get out and get some hands-on experiences, you know, in different places. Um, you know, you go do one up north where, where it's a cool season grass, you know, do one down south. And, and I know not everybody has this this opportunity or you can do this, but if you can, you know, Go down south and work with Bermuda grass. Um, you know, get, get put, try a golf course, try a landscaping company, try a volunteer or not volunteer, do an internship or volunteer with with college athletics or anything in the in the sports turf industry. Um, you know, I think it's important to figure out what you like as 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 well as what you don't like. You know, you may you may do something for a summer and realize like this is just not that's not not what I want to do. You know, so I'm gonna. I may not want to do landscaping, so I'm going to do golf, or I may not want to do golf, I'll do sports turf. Um, and the only way to figure that out is just to get some some experience. Um, and then just going back again and um, just talking to people in the industry already, you know, picking their brains. There's You can never do enough of that. So, you know, as a young person, I, I think that that's would be a really good, really good thing to do is just get some experience wherever you can. Sorry, I was muted. I said, uh, couldn't agree with you more. I remember uh, when I got a call from Chris Ecton, I was like, I'm a baseball guy. Why would I want to go work for him in the NFL and have that? And I was like, well, it's something else that I can see. And I ended up loving it. You know, football is probably one of the more my favorite things to do in sports turf, you know. So it's definitely it was definitely worth taking that experience and being able to have that. Well, like I said, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This has been awesome. Uh, again, you're such a incredible industry professional, one of the leaders in our industry when it comes to college athletics and everything that you do. And again, I can't thank you enough because of your work. Again, you're an inspiration to my kids. Like I said, again, we stole it. People know it. We stole the design. Um, <laughs> with everything, again, I cannot thank you enough um, for everything. So. Uh, man, I really do appreciate you having me on. It was fun, fun chatting with you. For, you know, so um, send some of your kids down our way sometime. We'll we'll take them. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure they'd love that.